0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get
1: a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom slash socks.
2: Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning.
3: Play action fake, Clifford waits time, Blows deep downfield, Lambersmith's open at the 50, 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown
2: Penn State! but lies wise dramatically hit an 88-yard touchdown pass to Lambert Lambersmith, and for the first time today, they have a two-score lead!
1: Top of the hour on coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from Hale Varsity Club, the H and H Chevrolet Stage at Hale Varsity Club, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers nobody got that game right in regards to our college football bowl picks and nobody accounted for cam rising getting hurt either in that game so that's probably why Uh, utah was highlighted for all three of us and we'll get into the exact numbers later on in this segment uh but for now we'd like to welcome in mike Huganen, national executive editor and college sports writer at on3.com mike good morning
3: How are you guys doing? Appreciate you having me on.
2: Oh, Mike, I'm going to try to take uh, your expertise with me wherever I go. So I appreciate (laughs) you. I appreciate you a ton. Happy New Year.
3: Happy New Year to uh, to you guys as well. It's sort of sad that we only have uh, one college game left. But uh, if if it's as good as the semifinals, it will be remembered 50 years from now. The semifinal games were fantastic.
2: Mike, let's stay right there. If... Do you th- so? I'm, pushback maybe isn't the word, but I was really, really, really reluctant to expand college football playoffs. I knew it was inevitably going to happen, but I'm thinking to myself, "Gosh, until you get some conference uniformity, number, same number of conference games, kind of work out some of the logistics to to make things as equal as possible." I wasn't interested in expansion because I didn't want auto bids. And it hadn't been very competitive. College football was one of the sports that I think had gotten it right in terms of getting me the best national champion, and I could watch the bowl games to be entertained. If it was like this early, could you have seen a bigger push faster for expansion where you get competitive, exciting games?
3: No, I actually think that the lack of entertainment led to some people – the mindset being okay, we, we, these games are bad. We just but, but we need more, we need more of them anyway. We need more, mm. we need more stock, so to speak. We you know when I only got two things on the shelf, let's put more on the shelf. But um, if again, if, if Saturday is an example of what's to come, that's fantastic. You know, I don't think a a twelve seed is ever going to win, but I can see a twelve seed winning one or two games. Depending on the quarterback situation for that school. Uh, But again, the the last couple years, obviously, the semifinals have been dogs. Uh, On Saturday, they were tremendous.
1: And, Mike, you look at TCU's performance in that game, and the local kid, Max Duggan, a native of Council Bluffs, just speak to his performance entirely in this game because without him – I don't think TCU is as competitive as they are this year.
3: Well, well, that you know, the, the weird thing is he starts the season as the backup, right? Then Chandler Morris gets hurt in the first game. Duggan comes in and wows everyone. And we, we wrote a story earlier, and Dykes expressed surprise that Duggan was just consistent because that's been a problem for him in the past. But Duggan says there's no question this team is much looser and plays with more of a swagger now that Gary Patterson's gone. I think Duggan, obviously, if if Duggan's not the quarterback, TCU's 8-4 and playing in the Texas Bowl, something like that. I would argue that he did not have anything close to his best game on Saturday. He made key plays at key times, which has been a hallmark of his season. But I think if I'm a TCU fan, the idea that we're in the national title game After just a okay game from Matt Duggan in the semifinal is a big thing, and the fact that Ohio State receivers were running wide open all day against Georgia, what what can Quentin Johnston do? Um, What can Davis do? Um, What can a tight end do? Maybe the Spivey kid or the Wiley kid. I mean, there's this is an I think the 14 point spread to me is a lot. And I think TCU also showed it's far more physical than people gave it credit for. But, again, Duggan, if Duggan, you know, if he can sort of bottle up that last drive in the Big 12 game against Kansas State, I think TCU actually can win.
2: Mike, it's so interesting because a lot of times you don't see this until it's the playoffs in the NFL. But you said something, and I'm like, bless your heart. He played his best football. He is in Max when it mattered say what you want say what you want about who you think the better team was or wasn't because i kept hearing this in the ohio state and georgia game i'm like hey you know what for as much control as ohio state had part of being a great team is playing good when it matters and they did where do you come out on credit versus well you know uncharacteristic things that such and such and in this case michigan did the inability to run, the lack of commitment to the run, Like, where did you come out in terms of giving credit?
3: I, I, th- I think Michigan was surprised, like everybody else, that, oh, my goodness, it's harder to run on TCU than we thought. And I think they were flabbergasted that TCU's backup running back runs for 150. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, I worked with, with Ivan Mazel and I wrote a story this morning on the Demarcado kid. He had that long sixty-nine yard run. Only three teams this season ran for more yards than, than the sixty-nine run. against Michigan. So, Michigan, the TCU's offensive line is big, physical, and I think when you when you saw them play in the Big Twelve, you are like, ah, oh, you know, Big Twelve defenses aren't good. But then they played against Michigan, which does have a physical defense, and those the TCU offensive line manhandled Michigan's defensive front. So. Um, I think you've got to give a ton of credit to TCU, uh, more so than Michigan lost the game. And, and Ohio State, you wonder if Marvin Harrison were playing in the last quarter. You wonder if Kate Stover was playing in the second half. You wonder what would have happened if they didn't have to use a, a wide receiver at running back for the bulk of the game. But Georgia made plays when it mattered. Stetson Bennett was 10 of 12 in the fourth quarter. Um, You know, Georgia does not have an elite wide receiver, but they make do anyway because Munkin's a good play caller. Mm -hmm. And their offensive line did some mashing of its own. So uh, I think the winning teams deserve the credit. I don't think you can say, oh, Michigan should have won that game or Ohio State should have won that game. No, TCU and and Georgia went out and took those games.
1: You mentioned Michigan's defense and how they just kind of crumbled in this game a top defense all year long and they got exposed by TCU and the Big Ten is built on defense now Nebraska if we take the local angle here goes out and hires Tony White somebody that runs the 3-3-5 defense or at least has run that or did run that at Syracuse and that's what TCU ran and there was a lot of criticism when he got hired at Nebraska because a lot of the public thought the three-three-five defense wouldn't work. Do you think that that got answered in this game in particular?
3: Now, I think it's all about players. I mean, Me you could you could have the, the greatest defensive coordinator in the world. If his, if his players aren't any good, it doesn't matter. If you run a three-three-five, a four-two-five, a four-three, whatever. So Nebraska's. Defensive talent level needs to rise, but I think if you watched Tony White at Syracuse the last two years, his his defense has been very very good considering the lack of size he had to work with, and let's get serious the the talent level he had to work with. They had two good corners this year, uh, a really good linebacker. Um, a, a, an appalling, frankly, lack of bulk up front. They didn't have a starting defensive lineman that weighed more than 271 pounds at Syracuse. So I, I that's going to be different in Nebraska. But a three-three-five works if you got the right guys, yeah. and you can be physical in the three-three-five as TCU showed. TCU um, did a great job rotating its defensive lineman, and they've done that all year. Um, they got active linebackers, and that to me is key. If you have if you have linebackers who can basically come up and knock the snot out of you, as well as occasionally drop into coverage, your three-three-five defense is going to work fine. And and TCU has that. And you look at a guy like Johnny Hodges, a transfer from Navy. He played great football this year. D. Winters showed both sides of that. He had a pick six. And he had some big plays for tackles for loss. He's a it's physical gun. It's a very well-coached defense, and again, it goes back to the players. But if you got good linebackers, three-three-five is going to work.
2: Yeah, let me go. Let me flip over to Georgia and Ohio State because this kind of became a thing I was talking, you know, just going back and forth on on social media about perception o in, in Ohio State and and I and I look at Stetson Bennett more yards per completion than Stroud, even though I thought Stroud was spectacular. Georgia ran the ball for over five yards a carry. And I get the, the holes on the back end. But how did you think that that game came down to Ohio State having to miss a field goal and Georgia only converting two third downs for as gaudy as some of their offensive numbers were in the game?
3: Yeah, that was a weird game. Uh, a lot more high scoring than I thought. Um, the, the thing about Ohio State this year—they they start 11 and 0, and you know Jim Knowles on oh, what, a, what a great job he, his defense is really good. And in the last two games of the season, the Michigan loss and now the Georgia loss, they were ex- exposed a bit. As boy, they need to be a heck of a lot more physical. And I think if you look at—I mentioned TCU's linebackers before making big plays and being very active. You look at Ohio State's linebackers. Eichenberg's okay. Um, still Chambers was a high school running back. Yep. Um, that, that's just not very good linebackers, and that's stunning to me considering it's Ohio State. You should be able to recruit nationally relevant linebackers, and they don't really have any. Uh, and the lack of physicality up front showed against Michigan, showed against Georgia, but you're right. At times, the Ohio State defense made some big plays, but I think if you had told me before the game that Ohio State was going to score 40 points, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to win because yeah. I don't think Georgia can But Georgia did. Um, You feel bad for Ruggles, who had a really nice two-season career at Ohio State after transferring. Um, The pressure, I think, obviously got to him. It would have been nicer, obviously, if you're 10 yards closer. But the Georgia defense made two big plays on the second and third down preceding the field goal. But, yeah, I think Georgia was shocked at how the Ohio State wide receivers basically did what they wanted. And that has to be worrisome when Quentin Johnston is next. And, and again, Max Duggan, Stroud hurt him with his legs. Yep. Duggan's a vastly better runner than Stroud. So the the Georgia defense showed some holes on Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see if TCU can exploit them as well.
2: Mike, I'm curious, because you mentioned uh, being 10 yards closer, and I'm thinking, wow, the play calling was interesting for Ohio State down the stretch. I look at USC – no idea what they were doing offensively. I looked at Michigan earlier in the TCU game with the reverse inside the five with that offensive line. Where do you kind of come out on on the jimmies and the Joes versus what they're actually being asked to do when you're watching the landscape of college football now?
3: Yeah, the jimmies and the Joes and the X's and the O's. I think Michigan outsmarted itself. You're right. It's a team built on its physicality Mash the ball in. Don't be don't be running Philly specials uh, on the first possession of the game. Now, I think Ohio State and USC are a little bit different. I think those teams are predicated on the pass. I, I think you put the you put the ball in the hands of Stroud. You put the ball in the hand of Taylor Williams, and your best player. You hope they can make a play. So the, the play calling didn't bother me as much for USC and Ohio State, but Michigan, I thought. That first possession of the game, yeah, it was gigantic. And I also think that TC, it gave TCU, not that they needed any extra impetus, but man, that, you know, you give up a huge rushing play on the first play of the game and then you bow up and keep them out of the end zone. You were helped a lot by the play call. But I, I, that to me was the most egregious example on Saturday. The, the play calling for SD and Ohio State didn't bother me as much. But, man, I think, the, again, the USC loss, they got to get tons better defensively. Um, their offense, as long as Riley's there, their offense is going to be good. They need to make tons tons of adjustments on defense.
1: We're speaking with Mike Huganin, National Executive Editor and College Sports Writer at On3.com. Again, Mike, I'm going to have you stay right there in regards to USC and the Tulane victory. And speak to just what what that says about teams and turnarounds going further. Not further, excuse me. Not just because of what we saw Tulane do this year, but how that sets up other teams that may have There's struggled K-Kalen, a year Kalen ago.
2: Dabour, there, there were a lot of coaches that put first year, and Fritz has been there a while, but still, the one right. year thing.
1: But moving forward, when you talk about teams that, that haven't been successful lately, and just the confidence that they see in Tulane that can maybe carry over to their program.
3: Well, plus, look at, I mean, look at TCU. Five and seven last year, just horrendous. Uh, and then, now they're playing for the national title. And I, my assumption is there's a lot of coaches out there that are like tipping their hat to Sonny Dykes, but they're also under their bare ass cursing them out, going, oh, my God, you've actually put even more pressure on first-year coaches to get stuff done. And that's – I live in Florida, and I'm a an University of Florida alum, and, you know, Florida had a – bad first season under Billy Napier. Um, And then you look at what DCU did um, under Dykes, and it's even more impressive. But you're right. I mean, Willie Fritz reconfigured his staff. They have six new assistants this year. Um, Basically, they they got a couple guys out of the portal, nothing special. But it was basically the same players. I think the coaching was different and Obviously, their health was different. But you look at the, the Spears kid, and you're like,
2: He's unbelievable. Why is
3: this dude not playing at LSU, for God's sake, especially given how un- inconsistent LSU's rushing attack has been? Michael Pratt, he's, he's from South Florida. Um, boy, if you're a Florida fan or even a Miami fan, eh, that dude would look pretty good in your lineup. Um, and it was well-coached offensively. They brought in a new offensive coordinator from the Division II ranks, Jim Svoboda, and he did. He, he tweaked the offense I think he took even more advantage of Michael Pratt's arm. That and though Pratt didn't throw a lot of passes yesterday during the season, he had he he was an extremely effective passer. But you're right. I mean, I think it puts more pressure on a guy like Matt Rule next year. puts more pressure on a guy like Billy Napier next year, Mario Cristobal next year. We we you know the, the fan bases that aren't necessarily patient are going to say, "Wait a second, here you're telling us we need to wait, wait, wait while you get stuff in place," but You know, Dykes didn't do that. Dykes played for the national title in his first year. So, again, I think the coaches out there are are both tipping their hat and cursing uh, Dykes for how quickly he got TCU back on the beam and, and indeed, better than they were any time in the last five or six years. And he did it quickly.
2: I've watched Spears almost all year as a – uh, is, there's a lot of folks in here. One of my best friends is a huge Fritz guy, so he's been on the radar. He may be the best-kept secret in terms of running backs coming yes. out in the draft. But let me let me, let me ask you this, Mike. If you're in Ann Arbor, what's your level of anxiety right now with Coach Harbaugh?
3: Yeah, I think the idea that... Harbaugh's
2: They've been through this before, year, you know, right? Um,
3: <laughs> this, I'm it. This is it. I'm staying here. And now you know NFL teams are coming after him. And I think it comes down to... First of all, don't take anything a coach says ever at face value <laughs> because you know, co- co- coaches lie, So, and, and, and I'm not disparaging them. That's sort of in their job description because you're not always going to tell the truth. I think this comes down to simply does Harbaugh enjoy college football more than he would enjoy the NFL. You know, I'm, I'm an old guy. I've been doing this for 30 years. 30 years ago, everybody – oh, college coaching – so much easier. It's not 24-7. You know, you got months off in the summer. Well, college football now, I would argue being a college head coach is harder than being an NFL head coach because it is 24-7 now. You're recruiting out of the portal. You're recruiting high school kids. And remember, these are 50-year-old men begging 18-year-olds to come play for them. And that in itself is bothersome to some adults. And then now you got to worry about re-recruiting your own players to make sure they don't go into the portal. Mm. So I think being a college head coach now is more difficult than being an NFL head coach. Um, So I think Harbaugh needs to – well, he will come to the realization what's what's more enjoyable for him, to, to stay a college coach at his alma mater where he's gotten Michigan to the playoff two years in a row, or does he want to go to the NFL where, frankly, it would be less work?
1: Mike, incredible stuff. We appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your day.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Thanks, hey, Happy New Year to you
1: as well. And uh, if you'd like to get involved on the show, give us a call, 888-638-4876. Oh, right. We have a caller exactly. on line one. That's Michigan Lance and DB. You had a great segue after start talking a little uh, Ann Arbor with our guy Mike Huganin, And now we can talk a little bit of that with Michigan Lance because I'm sure he was put through the ringer this weekend, not only with the loss to TCU, but then seeing the Harbaugh uh, report come out as well.
0: Well, uh, first of all, happy Happy New Year, fellas, and happy you guys are in Omaha. Congratulations on that. All right, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, well, I guess first the loss. Well, first thing hey, uh, about yesterday, I missed what you guys – I didn't get to hear what you guys were talking about. But, well, David, can you tell me the gist of what you said basically about about last night?
2: Well, I I, I felt like the two things could have been happening at once where – I don't think people sometimes understand that football is different when it's a sport that's predicated on violence. You know, the CPR and watching a guy hurt like that is a non negotiable for football guys. I just they just won't have the ability to recover and, and mentally and, and yep. mentally and, and, and do it again. Right. I mean that's gonna change right. a lot of those players' lives going forward, believe me. Having seen that real time and i thought that that was independent of you know however the league handled you know the situation because people will hear what they want to i'm not i'm not i'm not criticizing the nfl for taking the time to to cover their basis i wanted them to let the players off the hook because i think they knew some time in advance that that game was not going to be played that that i wanted coach mcdermott to be able to get to his guy you know i just yeah, I look. It's it's more of a human component than I am about exactly. me needing to know. I didn't care when they told me. When <laughs> right, exactly. So, so my my favorite exactly. my my favorite thing is is Damon. It only took an hour. L- listen, watch somebody almost die in front of you, and tell and put a cap. On that sixty minutes, right. every
1: minute feels like an hour. Put
2: it cap. I I just I chuckle at some people's insensitivity, and maybe I'm a baby. I'll, I'll maybe I'm a baby. I, I'm the youngest of five. I'm a Pisces, but I couldn't believe. Like again, two things can be true at once. You can do your due diligence because they you can you can try to figure out the television inventory, but to watch yep. people struggle not knowing was uncomfortable for me.
0: Most definitely. Most I definitely agree with that and that's where people forget man Yeah, like you said the human element has to come first and unfortunately in society, society now with a lot of distractions a lot of things to, to veer us away from the human interaction and the faith interaction like it's, it's crazy and ridiculous man so I, I definitely agree with you with that um, the, you know Michigan you know you just can't I mean they gave up two defensive touchdowns right like That's hard to overcome. And then you got play calling. The play calling was not done well uh, on Michigan's part. And so I I knew early on, I'm like, it's going to be tough to win this game when we weren't making the right decisions and right calls on offense. And now this stuff about Harbaugh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Is he just using this to get more money or is he really considering leaving? He just got
2: paid. They're not going right, to exactly. manual is not going to go through this again.
0: I I, I agree. Exactly. I, I agree. And so you never know if it's from his side or just from the NFL side that somebody—just because somebody wants you doesn't mean that you're entertaining mm-hmm. that call and that conversation. Mm. So good point. Good I, I want to know more— ads. Thanks so much,
1: man. Enjoy the right. new year, and we hope you have a good one. Hey. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you later. Hey, thank you, and we'll talk to Will Tiemann next Michigan State play-by-play broadcaster here on Coffee and Cream.